After a fun night with friends, you wave goodbye and head toward your car. Once you settle in and click your seatbelt, the feeling overwhelms you. You're lonely, which is weird because you definitely got done hanging out with people you like. I recently surveyed more than 400 women just like you, and I asked them if they've ever felt lonely despite having friends. What percentage of those 400 women would you guess said yes? The answer, it might surprise you, 98% of them. Now, more than 120 of those women went a step further and they provided reasons for why they felt lonely in their friendships. And today I'm sharing those reasons with you, the top five reasons with you. So in this episode, we're going to look at the specific reasons why women like you are saying that they're lonely in their friendships. And then two, I'm going to provide tangible tips to address each one so you can experience those feelings of loneliness less often and have more satisfying friendships like today. So if you've been struggling to pinpoint why you sometimes feel alone, even though you definitely have friends, turn the volume up because this episode is for you. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, we got you. I'm Danielle Byer Jackson, a certified friendship coach, and I am here to help you through it. Okay, so you know how we do it on this show. We get straight to the point. There's no time for me to recap my weekend and talk about a bunch of other things before jumping straight into the content. I God, that's just such a pet peeve of mine with podcasts. Am I right? It's like, get to it. Okay, here we go. Here are the top five reasons why 120 women we surveyed say that they feel lonely even though they definitely have friends. The number one reason is we don't spend time together. 20% of respondents gave us this answer. Some of them said it's because of long distance. Some said we're definitely in the same city. We just don't get together. But either way, the theme here is time. I don't know if you have seen this, but have you heard that kind of like new attitude that's kind of circulating that's like, oh, I'm a low maintenance friend. I don't need my friends to call me or hang out all the time. Or um, that that refrain of, oh, we're so close that we can go a year without talking. I can go, you know, two years without talking to my best friend and we're still cool. Let me say this, okay? A lot of people who find themselves in that space where I don't have to spend time with my friends, it's either because they've been friends for like 20 years, they found a certain rhythm, and and they have a kind of chemistry where when they get together, they feel like it's just where they left off. You know, I get all that. I will say, though, it does affect the level of closeness you have with that friend. You all may have chemistry. You may have comfort with each other, vulnerability. But it is going to directly affect how close you feel to that friend. If you don't know the day-to-day developments of her life, if you don't know what she's really going through, only what she self-reports to you once a year, okay? We have to invest time with each other. And what I don't want us to do is to get into a place where we begin justifying it with things like, well, I don't have to spend time with her because we're close. Or I don't have to spend time because that would make me look needy. So this is a low-maintenance friendship and I'm satisfied with that. If 20% of women who were surveyed are saying that they identify 
uh, insufficient time as the reason they feel lonely, well, then that speaks to the importance of being together. Time matters. You've heard me share this before. And if we've had a private coaching session, we've spent like five minutes on this. But there's this this frentimacy triangle that was created by friendship expert Shasta Nelson, who I admire so much. And she argues that you need three things to feel depth in your friendship. Those things are positivity, consistency, and vulnerability. And consistency is important because we have to feel like we know each other and to feel familiar and comfortable. And that requires time frequency and it's going to directly impact the depth and connection that you feel in that relationship so the solution here is this one I want you to rethink what hanging out or catching up looks like because when I prompt women a little bit I push them a little bit and I'm like you know what's what's the argument about not making time together then it's like I don't know that I can go to brunch or stay up all night and go to happy hour but who said that you have to have that image associated with the idea of hanging out with a friend the key here is to find a way to layer the time that you have instead of trying to magically conjure up additional hours layer the hours you've got. So for example, I give this example often, if you know that every Sunday night you're doing laundry like clockwork, why are we not asking our friends, hey, you know, do you want to do a catch up on Sunday around like seven o'clock, 30 minutes? I don't know what's going on with you. I miss your voice. And while you're on the phone, you're doing laundry. That's an example of layering time that you've already got. If you walk your dog every single day at the same time, do you have a friend in close proximity who you can say, hey, come walk with me. Let's catch up. Or let's talk about, you know, the season premiere of an secure which I've mentioned that almost every episode (laughs) I love the show so much it comes back in October and I am thrilled but like how can you guys do a catch-up and a laugh fest and and just reconnect with the time that you've already got so it's just something to consider how can you rethink the time that you do have available and get creative now if you are saying Danielle I would totally do all that but my friends are always busy then I want you to say so I want you to tell her I miss seeing your face. And then I want you to ask her what works best for you. I don't want us to get into a space where it becomes the norm to not check in with our friends except for every three months or to say, well, I don't want to bother her or she's probably too busy. I don't want us to get satisfied with that, to settle with that. Okay, so if you are saying, Danielle, this is not on me, it's my friends who are always too busy to get together. I want you to say something that's not accusatory, but like, girl, I miss your face. Like, you know, how, what works best for you? Weekends, you know, phone catch up. Like, I need to know what's going on in your life. You have to communicate a need if you want the need to be met. Okay. So the number one reason women are giving for why they feel lonely despite having friends is that they don't feel like they have enough time together with their friends. Time is important. Okay. The next reason that women gave for why they feel lonely in their friendships is that their friends can't relate to them anymore. Or we saw a lot of women use the phrase, we're in different life stages. That was 19% of women. So it's a very close second to, you know, not enough time, which is 20% of women. But 19% said, I feel like my friends, we just can't relate anymore. Let me break it down like this. There is an ecosystem within every friendship a way in which everybody operates independently in order to make the friendship at large function productively. But sometimes a wrench gets thrown into that ecosystem and it disrupts everything when somebody goes off and gets married or they move across town for a new job or they buy a new house or they have a freaking baby. And it suddenly 
just kind of interrupts the time that you spend together. It, it changes what your time together even looks like. It definitely sometimes, you know, thwarts the conversations that y'all have. It changes the topic of what you guys talk about, how connected you feel. And you start to think, I'm totally alone in this space. This person doesn't get me anymore. I know it's easier said than done, but the challenge here becomes this. I got three things for you. One, if things are different, it's okay to acknowledge that and stop pretending that they're not. I find a lot of times that we're trying to maintain that ecosystem that we had before the life change. And then we're like, ah, it keeps falling short. Well, of course, because something is obviously different. Let's stop acting like it's not. Two, I need you to find ways to connect with this person's new lifestyle. So, you know, let's say she had uh, a baby and you're like, oh my gosh, can't relate. Are there things that you can still do to show her, I want to take an interest in the thing that now interests you? Can you ask her, you know, how the baby's feeling, how she's feeling, if feeding is going okay, and to show her, I want to, you know, share in this experience with you because that's important. Now, that doesn't mean this has to dominate y'all's entire conversation. As a matter of fact, a couple years ago, it feels like a lifetime ago, but when I was a high school teacher, I made really close friends with a teacher across the hall, and we would have lunch every day together. And I remember I just was like, this girl just just knows me. She's amazing. Until she went and had a baby. And at the time, I did not have children. And I suddenly noticed that that conversation dominated, you know, every opportunity that we had together. She was talking about the kind of high chair they were getting and the baby having a, a diaper rash. And I was a supportive friend. I listened. God knows I did. But I found myself thinking, I don't care. <laughs> and I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, Danielle. That's a... I, I couldn't care. I couldn't relate. I can't have a 30-minute conversation with you about what kind of a butt cream is best for your child. I, I don't have the brain cells to dedicate to this conversation is how I felt. I didn't say that because I'm a relatively decent person. But I thought it and it began to create distance. Um, and, and so now I find myself super sensitive to that whenever I go out with friends and the moms start talking about mom stuff. I'm very self-conscious about, you know, OK, you know, let's bring the conversation back to other non-baby things, guys, because there's other people at the table who can't relate and they shouldn't have to sit and maintain that conversation for like an hour. So I'm very sensitive to that. But my my point here is, yes, we're going to show our friends that I love you and it's important to me to be a part of your life. So I'm going to demonstrate an interest in the things that you now have interest in. But then also, can we find a way to get back to the things that brought us close, whatever brought us together? Is there a way that we can continue to integrate that into our into our friendship and be intentional about it happening. What I don't want to happen is what happens all too often is we get discouraged because things aren't like they were before. So you're going to have to get real about what elements can you maintain? What's realistic? And what things do you need to get intentional about? It may have been super organic and natural before to just spontaneously be like, oh, let's take a night out or whatever. And now it doesn't look like that. But are there ways that you can still have your night out, but now you have to be intentional and give each other 60 days notice. And that's just what it is. Okay. And the third tip I want to give you here is it's okay to find people who satisfy that interest. If you feel like, yeah, I definitely have friends, but I think they can't relate to this one aspect of my life. That's okay. I want you to think about it like this. We used to be in a space where we shared a lot of same interests, our, our life timelines, quote unquote, and milestones, quote unquote, you know, as determined by society 
we're, we're on the same track. And then people go off and they start to move and take new jobs and, and get new partners. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You've changed everything up. That is inevitable. So what I need us to realize is sometimes you're not going to get everything from one person. I'm not going to go on to that point too much because we just spoke about it in the last episode uh, titled, you know, do you need a best friend? And this whole idea of getting everything you need from one friend, but you do need to go and find community for the thing that you feel like you're lacking connection on. And so I'm just going to stay with the baby example here just because 50% of women who gave this answer specifically referred to parenthood of some sort changing their friendship. Okay, you know, I I was in a space where I had kids before some of my other friends. My husband suggested I go to a mommy group. I rolled my eyes because I'm like, I'm so not a mommy group girl, but I did. And I felt so seen. These are women who were eager to engage me in a conversation about butt cream now, you know, and that's okay. And some of us made friends, others, they just became women I, I was familiar with. But I found more satisfaction in my friendships my existing ones, because I didn't have the expectation that they should be able to relate to this new thing in my life. They couldn't. And that's okay. All right. So is there a way that you can supplement your friendship by finding community of people who relate to whatever that that stage or that issue is and get your support in that way? Something we're thinking about. Okay. If you, if the, the whole baby thing is really like, um, speaking to you right now and you're like, oh my gosh, that's totally disrupted my friendships. You need to go and listen to season two, episode six, where we have several women who call into the show and left voice notes talking about their experiences. I think it'll be really good for you. Okay. You should be joining our eight-week coaching program, which is titled Friendship Elevated. There are four weeks until the price goes up on October 1st, and we'd love to get you in there. And if you're looking for all of your friendships to be completely different, like your mind change, the state of your friendships feels richer, then this is really seriously the place that you have to be. So while I share a lot of different uh, things on on the podcast and on my TikTok videos, we save up the technical step-by-step how-tos and personal coaching that comes along with it for our members. You can learn more at betterfemalefriendships.com slash membership. But you know what? Don't take my word for it. I want you to hear from one of our members. I currently have a best friend that I would not be best friends with if it wasn't for Danielle's coaching. Um, Briefly, there was something that was kind of bothering me. And if left to my own devices, I think I would have withdrawn and kind of started to distance myself from this person. Uh, But with Danielle's coaching, you know, I've learned that it's okay to have conflict and it's okay to approach the subject directly. And Danielle gives you a great framework for how to do that and how to be successful in that conversation. And I use that and it actually brought us closer. If you're looking to have a similar experience, then we hope to see you before the price increases on October 1st over at betterfemalefriendships.com slash membership. See you there. All right. The number three reason women reported that they feel lonely in their friendships is because the friendships themselves are superficial. 16% of women gave this response. So they feel unfulfilled, unsatisfied, and alone in their friendships because the friendships themselves are superficial. I got to say, this one hurts. It's really tough when we find ourselves on the outside taking comfort in saying, oh yeah, I definitely have friends. I'm doing air quotes here because what some of us are really saying is, I have a circle of people who I like well enough that I hang out with them. 
I have people I know and we're labeling them friends. I'm not going to get on my tangent about how some of us use that word too loosely and when we find ourselves disappointed. But when it comes to feeling like you don't have to perform and the conversation with these friends is, is satisfying and you feel known, that fills you up in a different kind of way. But if you found yourself gradually getting um, comfortable and settled on using the phrase friends with people who you still feel like you have to perform with, who you feel misunderstood by, who you feel like the conversation just simply doesn't satisfy you for one reason or another, then it still leaves a lot to be desired and you feel alone in that space. The question becomes, what's the point? Yes, you need what we call fringe friends, you know, those people who are fun to go to happy hour with and and to do play dates with or whatever. They make you laugh. The conversation's cool. But you also need close, fulfilling relationships. It's like some of us saying, I know I need to eat, but you're getting satisfied with just eating snacks and you're wondering why you're still hungry. You need close friendships as well. You need to feel known. You need that. Research tells us that the single greatest determining factor of your overall life satisfaction and well-being is the quality of your relationships. The key word is quality. So I need some of us to stop tricking ourselves into thinking we're good because we have friends, but they're not fulfilling. Then what's the point? If you find yourself in this space, let me give you two tips. The first is this. I want you to get honest with yourself about why this friendship is superficial. Why is it? Have you tested it to see what its capacity for depth is? Could you be more vulnerable? Could you be doing things to make people feel comfortable being vulnerable with you? I'm going to digress for a second. I have a TikTok video explaining what you know, the range of what vulnerability looks like. I recorded it like in February. I'm in a red dress on the video. If you want to go and look it up um, on TikTok, my handle there is the friendship expert. Um, and, and when I have one-on-one sessions with clients, you know, a lot of different reasons come to surface of why they feel like their, their friendships are surface level. And it's not just an American thing either. Cause sometimes I'm quick to say like, okay, is this super, you know, is this a, is this an American ideal? Is this an American problem, a cultural thing? But women in Dubai, the UK, Australia, we've all talked through it and they felt the same way. My friendships themselves are just superficial. So one, I want you to explore your relationship's capacity for vulnerability. Have you even tested it? Have you allowed yourself the opportunity? And two, I'm going to say it because someone has to, the friends you're choosing in the first place. I'm not vilifying anyone. I'm not saying they're bad people or they're superficial themselves. But what are the reasons you decided to call this girl your friend? Is it because you were attracted to the way that she made you feel about yourself? Or she made you feel like you could be more of what you'd like to be? You know, like what what brought you toward this person and had you calling them your friend? You know, her hanging out or making you feel like you belong or it's just something to do and you find yourself being satisfied with that. I mean, but does she nourish your soul? Gosh, that sounds like a fortune cookie saying, but but it's true. But does she nourish your soul? Does she make you feel seen on, on deeper levels? And how are you, you know, kind of making that a qualification for close friends or are you not? You're just satisfied with whatever you get. Okay, so I want you to look at the ways in which you can add depth in your friendships and start requiring that 
for closeness and then I wonder you know how how things kind of change once we once we do that okay so not every friendship is going to be deep but what are you doing to create depth in some of the friendships that you do have now the number four reason that women reported feeling lonely even though they have friends was this I feel like I'm a burden to them this one hits hard let me tell you right now because research tells us that people who ask for help are more likely to get it it's kind of a no-brainer but maybe you need to be reminded if you are in a season where you really need a listening ear, you need someone to sit with you, keep you company, help you move out from your crappy boyfriend's apartment, whatever it is, but you're telling yourself that you cannot enlist the help and support of the women you call your friends because it would inconvenience them, we have a disconnect. We have a problem. I know my people pleaser friends tend to feel this way because they feel like asking for support would be displeasing. I know my strong friends feel this way because they feel like, you know, seeking support would detract from their character as a self-sufficient woman. Many of us struggle with this, but I challenge you to look at the reason why you feel like a burden and explore whether those pressures are external or if they're self-imposed. And then remember that one of the things that makes us feel close is when we get to show up for someone else. I once had a friend who wanted me to help her with um, some legal stuff and I am not a lawyer oh my gosh I I hope I was even helpful but she came over and we were talking and, and writing some things out together and you know she kept saying well you know I don't want to take up too much of your time I don't want to take up too much of your time I was like oh my god stop it and we spent about an hour and a half two hours going over some paperwork that she had to fill out and when we were done I felt closer to her by having the opportunity to show up for her it felt good to be able to to assist with something that she needed. And afterwards, she was like, all right, well, let me, you know, I'm going to get us a bottle of wine tomorrow to say thank you, I'll order us pizza. And I was like, that's not even necessary. This was not transactional. This was helpful to me too, to get to show up for you. And I need some of us to embrace that truth right now, that your friends are eager for opportunities to show up for you if you're keeping them to yourself you are getting in the way of the kind of closeness that you could have I know it kind of sounds like wait really you know and, and and we don't connect those thoughts in that way but it's true if you are specifically struggling with this particular thing like asking for help and feelings of being a burden or maybe you've been told in your life that you're too much I want you to go listen to season two episode seven when we talk about how to ask for help the benefits of getting help uh, in your friendships but if you've been feeling like I don't want to be a burden and 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 you feel lonely I want you to know that like yeah that that kind of makes sense because you're sitting alone with your need and your friends are there to help you through it. Okay. So take advantage of the fact that they love you and they want to show up for you. All right. And the fifth and final reason, well, there are actually other reasons, but this is the, the fifth one. Top five was I feel more invested than the other person, or I feel like I'm always the one who's initiating. Now it can definitely feel lonely when you have people in your life but you believe that they do not share your level of commitment to the relationship. It makes you feel like you're out on a limb by yourself, that you're too much, that you are not desired, all of which can feel so isolating. We've done a podcast episode on what to do when you feel like you're initiating more than your friends. I encourage you to check it out. But for now, I, I want to 
offer these two solutions for this. One, I want you to ask yourself, are there ways that your friends are contributing to the relationship that are of value, but you're not acknowledging them because it's not the way that you want them to contribute, which happens a lot. Some of you are familiar with the book, you know, the five love languages. It's been out for, God, maybe decades now. I want you to go and look that up if you if you're like, ooh, this is interesting because we all give love in different ways and sometimes we're left unsatisfied because a person's giving it in a way that you don't totally appreciate. We bring that into our, our friendships as well, not just romantic relationships. But a lot of us, I've noticed from doing this for the, doing coaching specifically on this issue for two years, that there's a, a disconnect because we'll say, I'm the only one who cares, but this other person we learn cares just as much. But they're just showing it in a different way. And we have to find a way to acknowledge it. That's the first thing. And, you know, the second thing is, whatever those needs are, have you ever said so? I'm not saying it has to be a formal, whiny, you don't satisfy my needs kind of corny conversation. But what makes you feel desired or like your friends care? Have you ever named it? If you're buying into that lie right now, like, oh, they're my friends, I shouldn't have to say it. If you've been riding with me for a while, you know, I say all the time, that's one of the reasons we are disappointed in our friendships. It's because we believe that our, our, our friendship and connection transcends the need to communicate. That's not true. Have you ever named the thing you need that makes you feel like this other person cares? What is it? What's the thing? And then do they know that? Okay. And then also finally, you know, a solution for this is where did you get the message that you're more invested? Some of us feel that way after a friend says one time that she can't hang out. We're like, oh my gosh, she wasn't available all week. Maybe I care more than she does. And you begin to kind of have that self-generated narrative. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. I challenge you to take a look at that. Now, those were the top five reasons that women gave, but I want to add two notes here to like round out the the context. I'm going to post on our um, Instagram page at friend forward, the other reasons, those were the top five, but I think you'll find the other like seven reasons. Very interesting. Okay. So I'm going to put that, let's put that on our, our Instagram page later today, or excuse me, sometime later this week. Okay. So go check that out at friend forward, but I want to add two final things. I want you to take the solutions I just gave and the, the, the reflection questions we just talked about for those, those top five reasons, but two other things that have nothing to do with your friendship and why you might feel lonely. The first is this. I want you to look at your expectations of friends. We have a podcast episode on this. If you expect them to be there every time you call, you expect that they meet your needs without you having to say what they are. If you expect that they will understand every part of you, like they just get you, you are setting yourself up. And yes, you will, you will feel lonely. Sure. You'll feel alone sitting in that disappointment, but I need you to re-examine what your expectations are of friendship itself. Are they reasonable? Personally, and if you've been riding with me, I've said this before, I already have someone who does that for me, for me. It's Jesus. And and I know some of you said, amen. And some of you were like, oh my gosh, are you about to preach to us? No, I'm not. But I already have somebody who makes me feel known, who, who is there when I need something, who I feel understood by, who I feel I can, I can lean on. 
because I cannot put that burden on other humans. We are all fallible and we all have, you know, times where we can't show up and our friend really needed us, you know, and so is it fair for you to be your friend's primary source of happiness and commitment? Who can withstand that kind of pressure? That's the first thing I want to throw out there. What do you expect of friends? The second thing is this. What other habits that are non-friend related do you have that could be contributing to your feelings of loneliness? So I know you're going to roll your eyes at me, but there's just too much research to support this. I can't sit quiet on it. How much freaking time are you spending on social media? There's way too much research that shows that it contributes to feelings of loneliness, anxiety, and depression. That's the first one. I'm just saying. I want you to also look at, are you connected to any causes that you're supporting because, you know, research also tells us that people who feel connected to something greater than themselves tend to experience feelings of loneliness less often. And my next question to you here is, you know, how is your spiritual life doing? Okay, for the same reason, feeling connected to something bigger than yourself. Loneliness is not a bad thing. It is a part of the human experience. It will happen to you over and over and over again. Um, I often hear people in this space say this, that whenever you're lonely, it's a signal to your body the same way that hunger tells you you need to eat. Thirst tells you you need something to drink. Loneliness tells you that you're lacking connection. So it's a signal to you of, oh gosh, something's out of whack. I need to go in and get connected. So I want to offer those things that are not necessarily friend related. They're more so about you, the individual, but it can help you to feel more satisfied with your friendships. Okay. All right. If you were like, Daniel, this was good, but I have like specific questions, specific needs. That's what I'm here for. I would love to learn more about what you've got going on and work to give you tangible strategies to solve your friendship issues. You can book a one-on-one session at betterfemalefriendships.com slash services. Or if you're like, girl, I don't just need tips. I need a whole like friendship overhaul, like a transformation. I would love to see you in our program called Friendship Elevated. It's eight weeks of video modules that drop every week and four coaching sessions with me. I'd love to see your face in the place. That's at betterfemalefriendships.com slash membership. And the price increases on October 1st. So I do hope to see you in there very, very soon so we can get you in there before the price goes up. So you know that I am here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time. (music) 